0: Alright, hey everybody, welcome to our first ever Edge Athlete Lounge podcast. My name is Laura Owens, and I'm an employee at Edge Athlete Lounge, where I think it's really one of the best places on the planet. Um, but I have the honor of hosting our first episode today with the owners of Edge Athlete Lounge, Robin and Brian Lalonde. So our first question is, what is Edge. Edge is, it's a lot of things.
1: (laughs) It's a lot of things kind of all at once. Um, But first and foremost, it's kind of a home for athletes to train and recover all under one roof. And our main kind of mission is always going to be to make stronger athletes. And we do that by pairing training and recovery together and by giving them a community and a platform to really connect and become the best athletes and people possible
0: so how did this idea or vision even come to fruition like what started the spark in your mind to even create a community like this
1: that was a long time ago yeah <laughs> probably there the first time we spectated an Ironman we were doing kind of short distance triathlons Brian has a cycling background and I was a runner and a swimmer and all of a sudden like we saw just this crazy endurance feat and we decided to do it ourselves and in that process found an awesome team with a just a killer coach and we had never really had that before and we kind of thought like oh we're gonna get sick of these people <laughs> or something and the complete opposite happened where we'd get done with these long training days and you know like five six hours on a bike and you think you'd want to just get away and and have your own time but instead we found ourselves wanting to still hang out with this tribe that we'd created and instead of you know parting ways we found out ways to hang out and
2: like you need a place to decompress basically afterwards and you know have a download of your activity for the you know the training or whatever you were doing Mm
1: -hmm. and you always say too brian like ride the high because when you do incredible things like that yeah you're tired but it's awesome too and and Mm -hmm. being able to connect with people on that level after um we always found ourselves going to like a bar. Or Denny's. Right? Bad, <laughs> bad decisions all around. Good hash browns. Uh-huh. Yeah, good, good hash browns. Good point. Um, but we kind of knew there should be a different way to experience that um, training and recovery and training and kind of after training. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you,
0: so you guys started by just watching an Ironman. Were you volunteering or you were just we watching? We did, yeah.
1: yeah. Wisconsin. I, oh, a long time ago. Like 10 years ago. Yeah. Madison. Madison, yeah. yeah. The swim start happened, and I, I somehow got a wetsuit stripper position. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Like, I couldn't believe that I got, like, it was, like, the most coveted yeah. volunteer People role People love ever. you for that. It was such, it was so fun, and the swim uh-huh. start happened, and at the time, you know, it's a mass start, and I remember- I have never seen anything like it. I nothing. remember
2: the cannon going off, and you're just like, this is incredible.
0: And yeah, that I mass
1: start, all those swimmers in the water at once. I was scared to look at you, because I was like- one, I'm sure I was crying, and two, I, it's like you all of a sudden I heard this like crazy voice in my head saying, "Oh, I kind of want to do that," and I was scared, you know, mm-hmm. to admit it. And I sure as hell didn't want to look at you. And I don't want to look you... at you
2: because I knew you were thinking that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, like two months later, we brought it up again to each other and then it was like yeah we're gonna we're gonna go for it yeah so you sat on it a little while but then i planted did... a seed yeah i like to think i planted a seed
0: so what was your first iron man arizona mm.
2: okay yeah one and only actually
0: yeah and that was a crazy, crazy race
1: day if i remember correctly
0: the year you did it
1: yeah i think nowadays they probably would have canceled the race but Ben. That really wasn't happening yet, so it was just really, really bad weather. But kind yeah,
2: of hail in the middle of the desert in Arizona is just like you don't we don't get it. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? But I think both finished and thought like, I mean, for me, I've always said that that's the best day of my whole life. I mean, being able more than a wedding day, yes, he knows it. <laughs> but just to truly try to blow away what you think you can do and then finish right. and think. Oh my god I can do anything right and that's what sparked everything uh-huh. after that becoming that and the yeah. support
2: you get from like family and Crazy. friends and you know people traveled out there to you know see you accomplish this goal and then sure. while you're on the course everybody that's supporting you you know along the way you know it's like the culmination of all this training and you know it's it just it's this high that you you know when you finish you just you're relieved obviously but um, you know, you still are kind of striving for more of that, yeah. of that high that you would get sure. got during that race.
0: Leaves you wanting a little bit more yep. of something else. And it sounds like the community aspect is what, you know, what you really were fond of through the whole experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, every single person that we trained with for that race, we're still close with. And then, I mean, to have our friends and family fly there was crazy and we... You know, I mean, that type of endurance training is is, gets pretty extreme in the last couple of months. So you don't see many people and to have them show up on race day and just really believe in you and cheer for you is um, it blew away our expectations. And I think that we didn't really realize the power of sport and, and how it connects people until that day.
0: Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things about EDGE too. I would say just in the year I've been there is seeing the community come together and support each other to do these incredible feats that otherwise we would never do on our own. Ever. Yeah, (laughs) we would never do those things on our own. It's totally true. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about um, maybe some of the growing pains you've experienced throughout the process of creating EDGE And then also maybe some unexpected victories or highlights that you didn't even think would come up.
2: Yeah. I mean, a a lot of it was just getting started, you know, and committing to that sort of endeavor without really knowing what you're, you know, what you're getting into. Um, so, you know, at the time, Robin, um, had left her corporate job to focus, you know, solely on this venture. And so she was really in charge of, you know, coordinating everything from, you know, our initial real estate, you know, broker and meetings and trying to find the right space, which I mean, we searched forever for, right? Yeah. Long time. Um, And then once we, once we found that space, um, you know, really uh, digging into the details of like what we wanted it to look like, you know, all the, all the time spent, I guess, you should weigh in on it more than i should because the time spent with the city getting permits i'm mm-hmm. uh, going through the whole build out process um and uh and then going you know over budget and <laughs> trying to figure out you know what to do you know from there you know it's it's a it's it's a it's a hard process um starting off a business like that but it's mm-hmm. also very rewarding in some sense once sure but
1: there's remember that like right at the end though of build out when we were just there to like 2 and 3 a.m like wow laying the carpet and installing benches in the shower (laughs) cubicles and it was Uh just it's so hard because you're putting in all this effort but you don't actually know if it's gonna work
0: (laughs) right you had a lot of faith i guess just to yeah it doesn't feel like
1: faith it feels like you're just jumping and there's no net um Uh but you're already on the mountain Right, so yeah. you have to go up, um, kind of
0: like an endurance race. Like you're already totally. in it, you have to keep going, by yeah, one foot in yeah. Front of the other.
1: Except for like a year long. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long race. Um, but I'll then I I'll, I'll never forget because I was there, you know, like every day, every hour we were open. And Brian still has his corporate job, and um, he would come over at night and just be so tired and still have to work until midnight. And I would tell him about the day, and and try to just capture what happens when people came through the space Mm -hmm. because I think that's something that we just forgot about at some point is that we were going to actually physically have athletes in there and that to see their emotions when they entered the space and and to think about their dreams of what they were chasing and how we could help them and that was beyond energizing for me and and I couldn't wait almost for our very first weekend when we were open for Brian to be there and give a tour and have the questions that we had sort of envisioned happening but even better in real life and that's when we weren't quite taking a deep deep breath right (laughs) because we are still over budget um (laughs) but we knew that something was working on some level
0: right and don't you have a story of um you know, you were wondering how this was going to come together, if you were even right in starting this, and somebody called (laughs) one of your first members, I think, (laughs) and you were so affirmed, like you were on the right track. Can you tell that story? Yeah.
1: (laughs) I tell it all the time at the shop, and I love it when we get new members, and then they meet this person, and it all clicks. Yeah. We, you know, it's like we were open maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month, and-
2: Is this censored?
1: Yeah, I'm going to cuss, so if your kids are around, (laughs) just put them away for a minute. And the phone rings, and I answer it, you know, at Athlete Lounge, and the person on the other line doesn't even say hello. They just ask very excitedly and very in a rushed manner, is this place for fucking real? And... I was like, hello? Because I have a potty mouth. But I'm like, is this happening? (laughs) And this woman proceeds to tell me that she's a firefighter and that she runs marathons and that she's sore all the time and that she also helps at the fire academy and just has such a demanding physical job. And she loves sports, but she struggles to do them because of what her job is and that she drove by and saw our sign and looked us up online and could not believe that there was a place that she could run and ice bath and boot and laser all at one place. And that Mm
0: -hmm. member
1: is still a member today. And I'm very clear with all our members that she's still my favorite member because (laughs) she was a beacon. I hung up the phone and I called Brian immediately. I mean, I don't think I even waited a second and I was like, okay, I think we're, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Like, just, this, this is the person we're looking for. This right. is the athlete that we want. And right. um, that was, a, it yeah. wasn't necessarily a turning point because it still took some time for it to catch on. But right. it was a sign that there's a uh, need we were here. speaking to something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love that, um, you know, it really served her well in terms of her career too. And that's, I think one of the things I find really unique about Edge is that there's such a wide array of, Uh, abilities of athletes that walk through the door and also just different types of, you know, sports, different athletes that come in. So you could be literally training for your first 5k, right? And then we also have some real elite athletes that come in the doors
1: too. Yeah. We had, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, Laura, our first marathon. So we opened in August and then our first marathon was October. So we were still very much a baby business Mm -hmm. and, It was our first just, you know, post-marathon, nothing like the mayhem that is today, but for us it was pretty crazy then, and we had the lounge completely packed, and I remember standing behind all of the chairs and just watching the room, and I saw two athletes right in front of me, and they were talking, and I knew, I knew both athletes because they had been in a bunch, and one was probably, I think it was like her 16th and 17th marathon. She was a 250 marathoner, very much an elite runner. And she was talking to a first-time marathoner that was a five, maybe five-and-a-half-hour marathoner. And Brian comes over, and my back is kind of on the wall, and he looks at me because he sees that I'm, like, tearing up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm probably just, like, so tired at that point that everything is emotional. (laughs) But he's like, what? And I'm like, listen. I was like, it's working. And that was – those moments are the ones that were, like, they were talking, and it was the mm-hmm. same race for both of them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even though one of them had ran for twice the amount of time. It was the same exact race for both athletes, and those are the moments. And they were connecting right on, yeah. on every level about race day. Right. And those are the moments that we, you know, put everything on the line for, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that was one of the things actually that that Robin hit on very early when we came up with the idea, and you know, I was completely the opposite direction. I was like, we're we're going to build this state of the art facility. We're going to have, you know, the top of the line, you know, bike trainers, you know, everybody's going to be coming there for the technology and because it's going to be a great place to train and recover. And she was all about, you know, that community feel and, you know, how we, how we connected with uh, our friends that we traded with for um, Ironman. And, you know, yeah, we do have state of the art uh, technology and, and equipment, but it, it's really much more about. The people there connecting with each other uh that sense of community um in exactly that scenario where you've got you know uh, a top marathoner talking to somebody um about their race you know that they took twice as long to finish right um and then there's you know there's other examples where you know you've got an mma fighter talking to you know a a cyclist you know and and they're just talking about the professions and, and teaching each other you know more about like what they do uh, you know, for their races or their training, you know, and, mm-hmm. and picking up tips from them, and it's it's pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah, where do you think those conversations happen the most? Oh, good question.
2: I think uh, out of proximity, probably the ice bath. Totally
0: agree. <laughs> totally uh, I was thinking the bad. same totally. thing. So yeah, describe the ice bath. Like how big, how many people can fit in there?
1: Four, although we've probably seen eight.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh, that's a tight squeeze. But when it probably makes it warmer in. if you have a bunch of people in a there. Little, Maybe by a couple a little. Yeah.
1: But it's it's about 50 degrees. It's saltwater based, so it feels mm-hmm. pretty crisp. Um, and it's flowing, so mm-hmm. it definitely feels crisp. But I think just because the area itself with the tubs are it's pretty private, um, although it has really pretty light, it's definitely kind of in a corner, um, and people can have conversations there for sure. But I think you're right that it, you know everybody's kind of down to their swimming trunks and what else are you doing when you're in 50 degree water sitting next to a stranger? Very
2: exposed and vulnerable when you're in the uh, ice absolutely
1: bath. Yeah. yeah. I actually remember my first
0: time. And I was so grateful that somebody hopped in with me, who was an Ironman. Um, but who she, was it? Allison Cool. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, thank God for Allison. Yeah, because she got me through my eight minutes in that cold tub. Um, but one of the other things you have back there is on the walls, people can sign after they yeah. get in the ice tub. Um, and actually, the walls are almost all the way covered now. Would you yeah, say? Yeah, they're getting
1: there. Yeah, they're definitely getting there. It's yeah. funny that we. Um, I was having a meeting with our manager the other day at a local coffee shop, and we ran into one of our um, athletes that comes in and sees our sports Cairo a lot, and um, they had never met, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, so-and-so, they wrote couples therapy on the ice bath, <laughs> and yeah, and then and he, he knew exactly who it was, That's yeah, hilarious. just because, like, you read these messages, and then all of a sudden, you can put, like, a name to a you know, either to a funny quip or a lot of people put their mantras up there or the goal they're chasing. We have athletes that don't want to sign that ice bath wall until Mm -hmm. they hit their goal, you know, whether it's a Boston marathon or or, uh, yeah, qualifying or, Uh you know, doing their longest run or placing somewhere on the podium and cycling. So sometimes they reserve the right um, to sign the wall, which is pretty cool too. It's a special event. You also just got a PR bell that you
0: hung on the wall, too, which yeah. is a new addition. A little audible so, there. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about that.
2: I think it's being used so often that it's breaking. It
0: literally <laughs> it has fallen off. off. I it have is. seen this. Which it's is great. It's being used
1: that much. Yeah. We had started with um, a PR mug. So we used to put anything that you wanted into the mug. And then, of course, take a picture with it. It's all like gold lame on the black mug, big mug some people put like frittatas in there <laughs> yogurt coffee smoothies whatever you want and now then we got PR pins which are awesome so anytime a member PRs they get a collectible pin that they Very can cool. put on their backpack or their jacket Something
0: tangible yeah. to remember the experience it's
1: the it's the um Jeep Grand Wagoneer the, the, the mini Grand Wagoneer the mini Grand Wagoneer uh-huh. with the PR on I it I love it and now we've got a PR bell so when people um when they reach a new personal best they walk in and they ring the bell and we mm-hmm. usually take a video and post it on our instagram story or they do or if they rip the ball the, the whole damn thing down then we we put it on a couple times because it's that much funnier um yeah, but i've seen that, that what are your plans funny. for the bell i'm
2: getting a bigger bell
1: how big is the bell gonna be
2: if i had my way it would be uh well.
1: Like a gong, yeah. That's what I'm picturing.
0: (laughs) He found a 200-pound bell, and I had to talk about it. Oh my goodness! Wow, connected to the ceiling. Bell
2: that we would connect to the ceiling. Um,
0: How cool would that be? What's the time frame for that, Brian? We found it. Yeah, it's in Indiana.
2: Got (laughs) to figure out how to get it back.
0: He found it in a yard of an antique store that
1: was closed.
0: But that's one of the things I love too. Is that (laughs) you really choose to celebrate people? You know, when they do, when they accomplish something great for them. Um, And the PR could be anything from a PR on your swim leg in a triathlon. or It can be what you you want it to be. It can be what you want it to be.
1: Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And even stuff like CrossFit, I mean, they they have a very defined definition of PR, which is mm -hmm. so cool because, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, they're doing really hard things, and then they all of a sudden get stronger, right? And you Mm -hmm. can just recognize that. But I, I also think it's important for them to recognize it too. I think a lot of times as adult, elective adult athletes, right, very few of our athletes are actually professional or elite mm-hmm. or paid right. in any way right our people for the most part pay to do this so for them to step back and ring a bell and be like hell yeah I became a better person today I, I think it's really important for them to embrace that mm-hmm. I, I I am shy about it when I do it right right but we all need to work on that we're giving them basically yeah. a way to just you yeah. know pull on a rope and 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 make it known that they kicked ass today and we stock race results, too. So if someone's too shy or
0: too humble, we call them <laughs> out when they walk in. We make sure that they ring that bell so they can practice celebrating. Um, what would you say is, like, what's your day-to-day like? This is for Robin, I guess, because Brian has another full-time job, so he's doing double duty, but Robin is at Edge most of the time, full-time. And so, what, like, where would you say your energy is most of the day when you're there? That... Like everywhere. I think... I think... <laughs> you do everything a sh- Shit
1: show. No, no, no. Our team, I mean, Laura, you included, like, that has been such a game changer in the last 12 months to know that we have people taking care of our people, taking mm-hmm. care of our space. It's allowed personally me to kind of step back and be able to be more strategic and coach more um, and really just be able to engage more and not be so bogged down with the duties that are edge. Um, but mm-hmm. I would say every day is a very fun shit show, um, <laughs> in a very endearing way. I mean, it can literally be the fact that, you know, you walk in, I walk in sometimes and I think I have three hours of coaching sessions and that's happening. But at the same time, someone is, you know, FTP testing and cowbells are going and then, you know, the pugs are circling trying to you know, bump some strawberries off of somebody else. And, you know, you've got someone else that's lasering their Achilles, then you need to talk to them about the proper technique. So the right. common theme is, you know, taking care of athletes and engaging with them and asking them questions and always, you know, being inquisitive and, and open to their journey. Um, mm-hmm. But it's honestly different every single day. Right. And, I'm never frustrated by that because I think it's hilarious and exciting. (laughs) Keeps it fresh.
0: You really don't know what you're going to never expect. Never. we got daily duties, right.
1: That we have to get done. Of course. Yeah. For the most part, everything else in between is a variable.
0: Right. And our first, you always say our, our number one priority is engaging people serving the athletes. So yeah, being coached the the daily tasks, take a backseat, then that's okay. We're very much about the community so you mentioned the pugs. I'm not sure all listeners know about you and your pugs and the pug covering that can happen at Edge as well. It's a special, special <laughs> therapy. Actually, they're, they're in the background here. I don't know if you hear snoring. Bruce snoring or June was drinking water earlier, but they're usually around where Brian and Robin are. They are there.
1: Yeah, it's just two two pugs, um, ten and twelve years old. They I'm pretty sure we've doubled their lifespan by opening edge because now they have like <laughs> well over a hundred best friends and they love coming to the shop. They run in the back door like maniacs and they can't wait to see all their friends and get treats and um I think we always thought it would be a nice perk, but we didn't really know it'd be such a popular i think some people like to see the dogs more than us It's an attraction
0: um yes i mean i've had times when i'm working by myself and they'll walk in and then their face drops and they're like the pugs aren't here and i'm like hey welcome but they you want coffee (laughs) they are a significant part of the experience at edge so it's
1: it's kind of fun and unique we're really we're really lucky that they're that they're so loved and that i I do think i had an athlete say um, when i coach strength classes I'll sometimes bring them upstairs, and I'm always worried about them being in the way, especially because Bruce is blind, so, you know, he just kind of bumps into people or steals yep. their mat, and I'm like, should I not have them in strength? And I had an athlete say to me, no, it actually, like, I can work harder because it makes it easier because they're there, and uh-huh. I never thought of that before. Um, so, yeah. got to keep them around. They, um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're very much... They're total endurance athletes of sleeping. Totally, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: they also help um, add weight to some exercises yeah, as well. Like We've planking, tried that before, yes. Yeah, so. Dead bug, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very fun. Um, so you mentioned coaching earlier. What is uh, what? What do you coach at Edge? Maybe not everybody knows that. What do you? Why do you love coaching? Talk a little bit about your coaching. yeah
1: coaching. Happened because when again go back to that very first Ironman experience. We had an awesome coach, and mm-hmm. he approached me after and said, you know you kind of do this naturally. Have you thought about getting certified? And I hadn't, and I'm so glad he said that because it just changed kind of everything. So I went and got um, USAT coaching certification, and um, now I also have USCA and then also METS Level 2. Um, So basically, I coach, for the most part, runners. I do still have some triathlon um, athletes. That's kind of how I started. So those are some Mm -hmm. of my... Nearest and dearest that I've had for the longest time, and then I have a healthy dose of runners because I'm one of the run coaches for Nike Plus Run Club as well. So I keep a I keep a full gamut of of super full. That's for sure. Um, And then on top of that, we launched this year Edge Marathon Group Training, and we're Mm -hmm. looking to continue that trend in the future, which we're pretty pumped about because this first group um, is awesome totally exceeding our expectations. And I had some pretty high expectations. So um, I'm really, I love the group, big group stuff too. I kind of like the one-on-one and then the big group. Mm -hmm. It's a totally different energy. Right. uh, But it's awesome how you can mix and match them. And it's just such a privilege to be able to allow athletes to be vulnerable with you and with each other and then to have them grow. It's, if you ask me my favorite thing to do, from an edge perspective in my job description, it's coaching every single time. I, I love it. Even on the hard days, I love it. Those are almost the best days because you, you actually force growth. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And you're able to do that a little bit more these days now yeah. because we have a little bit more – we have more people on staff. and Absolutely. Uh, yeah.
1: And that's just been such a game changer. I think I always kind of capped my coaching because I was so worried about not being able to serve athletes. I'm always real clear about that, where my where my level of of going crazy is. But being able to take on a little bit more has really invigorated kind of why I do this day in and day out. And also, just um, I think I'm a lot easier to live with when I'm coaching
0: more. <laughs> I get Yeah, well, you're of, doing what like nourishes you and fuels you, yeah, right? So it's,
1: it's the best part of my day always. And yeah. if I get to do more of it, then I just, you know, I become a happier um, business owner and a better wife. And there's just a lot more balance. Yeah.
0: Mm hmm. That's great. Um, and Brian, you just had a couple of pretty phenomenal races that you did this summer. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about those, the two in particular I'm thinking of. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, f- the first one was phenomenal from a scenery perspective. I didn't have the, <laughs> the best performance, but we, um, you know, we did a, uh, uh, a double traverse of the Grand Canyon known as uh, rim to rim to rim. Um, and how, how many do did- Twelve. We had twelve uh, edge athletes out there to do that, which was pretty amazing. Um, and at least half of them had never been to the Grand Canyon before, which was even better to be able to share that experience with them. And that was uh, that was a pretty tough uh, endeavor. That was uh, completely unsupported. Um, you know, you you get to the halfway, halfway point, and there's really no way to get back except for to go back the way you came. So wow. Um, you know, we, we kind of thought it was going to take us about 15 hours and, um, the last of us, uh, myself and one other athlete actually, uh, came in, uh, about 20 hours, uh, after we started. So, um, you know, not the performance I was looking for necessarily, but, mm-hmm. you know, I do think that things happen for a reason. And, you know, I, when I finally started to feel good at about mile 45, um, it, it was the perfect timing because I was with another athlete that had basically um, bonked pretty hard, and and needed a lot of support to to get to the finish line. And it was kind of the ideal, perfect scenario. Like I was hmm. there with him the whole time, and um, you know, and then I, and then I was able to you know have a rewarding experience, you know, because of that. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I wake up and I literally felt no effects from running the day before.
0: <laughs> wow, like you weren't sore was at not all? Sore, I
2: wasn't tired. Like, like it was dehydrated. I was like nothing? I can literally run fifty miles right now if I wanted to.
0: That's highly unusual. What do you attribute that to? I, I
2: don't I don't know. I think a lot of it was because a lot of it was hiking instead of running. Okay. Um
0: uh-huh.
2: but um I I don't know what it what it was. Maybe it was the training beforehand, but ultimately I decided um, after about a week of basically just swearing off ultras for the rest of my life. Of
0: course. Yeah.
2: That I wanted to put, you know, the last six to eight months of training to use and, and try to really kind of conquer a couple of things that, um, you know, had bothered me during that, uh, that during that adventure
1: being what altitude.
2: Uh, I, I actually really didn't know, but it was, uh, it was either altitude or nutrition and, uh,
0: those were the components that were most challenging for yeah, you. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and so trying to figure out, you know, whether or not I it was an altitude issue or a nutrition issue, I mean, the only thing I could do was basically choose a race that was at altitude and uh, and then, you know, tinker with the nutrition component of it and then try to figure out which one of those it was. You know, I was, picking, I was choosing... Uh, or I was looking at a lot of, uh, races here in the Midwest, uh, which obviously weren't at altitude. And then Robin conveniently suggested that, uh, <laughs> the Silver Rush 50 miler out in Leadville that they had done last year would have been perfect timing for that. So, um, I actually got to sign up for that and it actually worked out pretty nicely because, uh, Ed was already doing the 50 the mile bike.
0: And who's Ed for those that don't know?
2: Oh uh, um, Ed yep. Daly, one of our, yeah. um, one of our near and dear friends, um, and um, our cycling coach. Cycling coach. Yeah, Edge, and yeah he's there
0: Edge. often.
2: Um, and um, he's
0: really loud. <laughs>
2: Really loud and tatted up. You can't miss him. So
0: he was already going to be there. He was already the doing the
2: 50 mile bike. Um, and so then I signed up for the 50 mile run. And then before we knew it, all of a sudden we had like six
1: people doing it. Yeah. Wow.
0: Everybody and else this, could... is, this is, that's how it happens it at happens. edge, right? One person like signs up and then yeah. other people hear of it dick, and dick, it's dick. like wildfire. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So long story short, um, you know, I went into this race basically uh, afraid of altitude and, and, uh, you know, really uncertain about my nutrition and completely overhauled the nutrition component of it and went, uh, went in a completely different direction than, I, than I've been in the last you know five years or since we started racing ultras. Then the first part about it that was, you know, I, last year I had tried to do the 50 mile mountain bike, uh, on a whim when mm-hmm. they were racing, just kind of a FOMO moment. Like I want to do part of this race. Right. And I made it to the first checkpoint and, you know, basically pulled out. So I knew wow. what the first, you know, 13 miles or so of this race was like. And that's the first pass that you go over in you know, about 12,000 feet. Wow, and, I can't um, imagine
0: that. Oh. Yeah,
2: you just it's you just can't breathe. And so I knew what to expect, and that's kind of what terrified me because the last time I did it, I was pushing a bike. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, And uh, really once I made it past that first checkpoint and, you know, felt – really good um getting over that uh, getting over that pass it was all you know for lack of a better term downhill from there even though it wasn't
0: (laughs) right right so but mentally um, right mentally i
2: had kind of crossed that threshold um and um you know kind of checked altitude off the list and then then it was really about like nutrition Mm -hmm. uh, which really doesn't usually uh, start to affect you know uh, somebody in an ultra, uh, for the most part to like the second half of the race where you really, you know, you've, you've been running a long time and your stomach just can't handle it anymore. And it was perfect. It was probably one of the best races I've ever had, honestly, wow. um, in terms of, you know, conquering that mental, um, barrier and, and also, you know, just from a nutrition standpoint and GI, no GI issues, you know, so
1: that's incredible.
2: I was pretty happy, uh, happy with that race.
1: I had FOMO right. that I wasn't there, but it was fun <laughs> to be at Edge physically while you were doing it, and the whole team because we were just getting updates and yeah, and bursts. You know, whenever they right. had a reception and people were just freaking out. Yeah, so. that's often
0: what happens if somebody's out doing a long race, and we we've got people out there crewing or watching, yeah. and then back at the shop where we're all waiting to hear the updates I mean, and people just shout, sending positive vibes and it, yeah, it's really a blast supporting people even from afar. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. Thanks for sharing that. So, um, I think that's special about edge too, that there's sort of just this like culture of keep going perseverance. So even if, you know, one race that was supposed to be your, a race didn't go as planned, then you've got a community of people around you, you know, supporting you to try something else or do a redo race. And then had you not have done that, you know, you wouldn't have had that experience in Leadville. So it's yeah, pretty we're really amazing. Really fortunate
1: for that, for sure. Yeah. The timing was insane, but then yep. the, the level of support that popped up was pretty was yeah. pretty extraordinary. And everybody had a good race. They all yeah. finished in time, and that race is not kind. Right, <laughs> that race is terrible.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds. I'm not sure I'll ever do an ultra, but I, never I can't say ever never. say that. No. I know, I know. <laughs> we said all. you <laughs> really things. can't say that in front of uh, Brian and Robin. <laughs> um, so we've covered a lot of different points, and gosh, we could go in so many different directions, but um. I'm wondering if you can just touch on a little bit of um your future vision for Edge and you know what may be coming down the road. I think we're just
1: it, getting started.
0: <laughs> well, how long have you been open? Maybe we didn't say three that. Years. So. three years to the, the yeah. day. Yep. Uh-huh. Last
1: weekend we had our three year three days of celebration. Um it was a exciting weekend. Yeah, what did you do that weekend? There was a lot going yeah, on. We had um New membership sales, yep. two for one, day passes. Um, we had all of our staff over on the Friday night for a barbecue. That was very fun. That really was good food. Perfect weather too. It was so great, just to chill. Um, we got headshots taken, so yeah. check out the website for our new headshots. Super fancy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and then on Sunday we had a brunch, which we kinda thought like, Oh, cool, empanadas and mimosas, but like was we it a huge so, hit we like sold out that of everything they went, oh went so we're like five bottles is enough, not with these athletes, so yeah, everybody was just really was really psyched, and I think I don't know that last weekend for me was a big like oh, like this is this is going this direction, got it, uh, I mm-hmm. think sometimes you know when we're you know reconciling our accounting and you know, working on marketing plans and strategy, sometimes we forget about that sure. momentum. And right. um, this time of year especially, you know, we feel it. So yeah. it's um, it's cool. It's really cool it to see. It definitely felt yeah. like a tipping point. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's great to have all that energy. And not only were you celebrating at Edge, you know, with mimosas and brunch for athletes that were around, you had athletes everywhere that weekend too, if I yeah. remember correctly.
1: It was one of those, like, I still need to write. I'll get this blog done. It's like half cooked. Yeah. But it's this moment of like, again, I wasn't like crying, looking at athletes talking about races again, but I did have this moment of realizing, you know, three years ago, we were really hell-bent on creating this space, you know, this four walls to create a home. And I think that that's working, but to see the just crazy, amazing stuff that our athletes were accomplishing outside of the walls, you know, whether it was our our long run that was a really, really, really hard long run, probably one of the longest hard runs I've ever written for a group, and they slayed it because they worked together, or you know, two athletes out in Canada tackling a 120 mile um, wow. run that has as much climbing and descending as Mount Everest, or brand new triathletes. Mm-hmm. You know, tackling their first try just over the state line in Wisconsin and mm-hmm. having you were there and you know, yeah, our was manager there was there. Yeah. Just that level of support that exists between the athletes is just it's so far beyond what we thought. And then to have them want to wear our brand, it's it actually isn't our brand, it's their brand, right? And yeah. and we that, make it what it is, I yeah, guess, right? Everyone who walks through the door. It means so much. I I, I can't even Tell you like when I see it on people, what it means to us, mm-hmm. and and I think it's because it means something to them too. And that's, absolutely, that's so far beyond what kind of what we thought. We always thought like, oh, we'll get everybody to come inside of Edge and hang out, and now we're realizing like, oh, it's actually it's outside and between yeah. people that incredible things happen. Sure. Yeah. So the and future, then, <laughs> I would say, is something along something along those lines. I yeah. think that we're, up up and away. Yeah. It's up, up and away that's vague exciting and vague growing. ambiguous but we're yeah. still
0: growing headed in a great direction yeah more really pugs? thriving maybe, maybe like some 25 more pugs. Pugs. <laughs> i'm sure people would love
1: that a grumble that's what a group of pugs is called oh i didn't know that
0: <laughs> getting a grumble together <laughs> um that's awesome so good things coming we don't know exactly yeah. what but we're headed in a great direction They're, so yeah. that's it's really awesome and
1: upward for sure
0: Do you have? uh, We'll just wrap it up with this, I guess. Well, first of all, is there anything that you want to share that you haven't already shared about the space or your journey? I mean, we could go on and on forever, and maybe we'll do another one sometime. You know, I think just
2: a shout out to our athletes for being, you know, amazing people in general. Um, You know, that's just we we always wanted to create a space for um, athletes to train and recover. Um, We've just been very fortunate that. The right people have found us, and 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 that has blown up into attracting more people that are very similar in attitude and um, you know emotion and 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 talent. Um, and it's it's been extremely rewarding being a business owner to watch it grow. Uh, you know, from an idea to you know, something you never even really kind of imagined it could be. So I, that that's what I love about it.
1: Mm, That's really powerful. And I don't think we talked at all either about our kind of diversity of athlete. Like we did in terms of, you know, like pro and elite being the vast minority and having that um, amateur age group athlete being the vast majority, right?
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. But it is crazy when you start to list the sports that are represented. I mean, you have the Mm -hmm. obvious ones of, um, you know, swimming, biking, running related, but then we have mma and dancing and crossfit and hockey and baseball and we have nba draftees every summer we just got our first debut nba player a Woo-hoo! couple of weeks ago and she's that's awesome amazing she's incredible um soccer cycling cy- yeah cycling for baseball? sure yeah um what Pretty else much do any have? sport you could ever think volleyball. of volleyball yeah that's yep, another volleyball. huge one uh-huh it's um it's crazy to see those individuals interact and you just have this cross-pollination of athletes that I, I mean we definitely did not imagine that happening and mm-hmm. those are sometimes the coolest you know those coolest moments of having the connection between them and and figuring out you know what's exciting and having them be just inquisitive right adults about something that they don't know anything about and
0: yeah and there's just this like common Bond between everybody because everyone that comes in those doors has goals, is pushing hard towards something, knows right. what pain is like, knows how to you know recover with support. So yeah, it's pretty cool to see people coming from all those backgrounds. The and sweat bond, the sweat bond, one of our axioms, <laughs> which maybe we'll talk about another time. Um, great. Well, we'll end with hearing maybe a favorite mantra that you have for yourself. You know, while you're racing. Slash going through life, is there something that, you know, keeps you going, a favorite phrase or word? Uh,
2: I, I would say um, something that comes up often with me um, is if it, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Good one. how about I'm, you, Robin? I'm an endurance monster, so when <laughs> I, <laughs> I can go long and steady forever, but when I have to do speed work, it's a lot harder. So anytime I'm pressing the pace and becoming uncomfortable, I'll say to myself a million times over, fast and relaxed
0: thanks to robin and brian for being with us today stay tuned for future episodes when we interview the athletes and the coaches that make up the edge athlete lounge community